0: Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. That's from Hebrews chapter one, verses one and two. This is the Essential Bible Studies podcast. My name is Tim Young, and my name is Jay Mayock. We're here to talk about the inspiration of scriptures, about how the Bible is the Word of God, and welcome back, Jay. Thank you very much. It's been a year, but it's been a good year, and it's uh, great to have you on the podcast again to talk about a subject I know that you're really amped up to talk about, and it's so important. You know, I started off the podcast last year, and then I, I realized that we should have been talking about this last year because it's just so essential, so foundational to look at how the Bible has come to us because it affects how we study the Bible, how we read the Bible and different people come at it different ways and they come to different conclusions and it leads them astray. So we want to be very sure about what we're reading is, is truly the word of God and what that means. I just want to tell you a little story. This happened a long, long time ago on a, a different planet uh, the planet was named California, by the way. <laughs> and I, I was just a young man, you know, just newly in the faith and baptized. And, and I used to, we had this contact from this elderly gentleman. I used to go visit him and help him out. And he lived in this kind of shack out in back somebody's place, just a one-room shack. And he was he was elderly, And it used to be, he used to crank up the heat in there because it was cold, (laughs) but it was California. It wasn't that cold to begin (laughs) with. And so I used to sit in there just kind of sweating and just talking to him about (laughs) scriptures and stuff like that. He was a very interesting man with an interesting history, but we get in discussions about the Bible. And I remember distinctly bringing up, I think it was some passage in Jeremiah. I think we were talking about Israel or something, and he looks at me and he says, Tim, you have to realize the Bible is like eating fish. You eat the meat and you pick out the bones. Wow. And yeah. I think my jaw dropped to the floor at yeah. that point and I had to pick it up because, yeah. you know, I I'd never really heard that before. I think as, as I had grown up and, and read the scriptures and come to believe in them, I saw everything as, as the word of God that right. I had to adjust my thinking towards what the Bible was, was saying. Mm-hmm. but he was saying, no, you just, if you don't like a certain portion, it kind of rubs you wrong. You just treat it like this bone that you kind of pick out and throw away. And, yep. and that's really what we're, we want to talk about in these podcasts. We're going to have a couple of them. This first one, we wanted to talk about how God s- speaks to the the prophets to bring us the word. And the second one I want to talk about the actual scriptures, the writings themselves, and they're probably more more after that. It's one of those subjects that just kind of blossoms in, in so many ways.
1: I remember you had mentioned, I think the first conversation I had with you about this podcast had to do with this very topic, that this was the topic that springboarded you into saying... This is something that's important, and we need to we yeah. need to talk about as as people who claim to be Christian,
0: right? And in, in our Christadelphian statement of faith, that's the way it starts. It's a foundational right. statement. is about the the Word of God, the Bible as the inspired Word of God. So, and which yeah. is true. It's it, it. This is where we have to start. And when, when I was thinking about it and, and reflecting back on that conversation that he had about the Bible being like fish, yeah. I realized this. You know, the Bible. Equate[s] itself with a certain food, but it's not fish. Do you know right. what that
1: food is? That's got to be bread. It is bread. Yep. You
0: know, in Matthew chapter four and verse four, Jesus yeah. was being tempted in the wilderness to change the stones into bread. And what did he say? Yeah. He said, "It is written." First of all, he's referring back to Deuteronomy. Yes. It is written, right. "Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God." Yeah. That's the Lord Jesus Christ quoting scripture about how scripture has come to us from the very mouth of God. So, it's both a spoken word that was spoken in in times past, and it is a written word. And it is inspired. And by inspired, we mean that basically God spoke through certain agents. We're going to see, we're going to talk about the angels, and we're going to talk about the prophets, And he directed his word to be spoken correctly, Mm -hmm. trustworthily, reliably. Can you think of any other adjectives?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. Just hearing you bring that particular passage up, when the temptation is described in that context that you just brought up, it's really the temptation, which is asking Jesus to take what he will out of the word of God rather oh. than accepting it in its total context.
0: Right. Mm. And so, this this is really whether the Bible is from men yep. or whether it actually truly is from God mm. and whether it's wholly inspired by God or pick and choose what you want. Yep. We're not talking about proving that the Bible is inspired. We're just going to be looking at scriptures about what the Bible claims for itself, and basically, you're going to take these claims and you're going to believe them or not. But I think if you honestly approach the scriptures with an open mind and open heart, you're going to realize that this is the word of God. Right? right. So we're going to start in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. Now, this is our key verse that we read at the beginning here. And let me just read it again very slowly so we pick up on these things. It says, long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. So that's emphasizing the point that God speaks in many different ways throughout scriptures. He speaks through angels. He speaks through visions. He speaks through the prophets putting his words in their mouth. In fact, that idea of He spoke to our fathers by the prophets, can also mean he spoke through the prophets, that these weren't their words. They were God's words. Yeah.
1: Right. It's one of those themes that reoccurs all the way through Scripture when it speaks about the Word of God going through these different agents, as you've described them the angels, the prophets, and then finally the Son, Jesus Himself. All the way through Scripture, the ones who receive the Word they themselves confess that look this is not this is not something really interesting or profound or wise that i've come up with over the course of the experience of my years this is something that's coming directly from god
0: right it's not by themselves that no just not at all with this right
1: yeah so that's um i think a great a great passage to start with but that
0: let's just start here because we talk about angels right and it's here in hebrews where he talks about angels a lot but in chapter 2 He kind of comes back to the way he started chapter one. And he says, therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. So he's talking about the Bible, the word, right? Yes. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation. So in that verse 2, he says, the message declared by angels proved to be reliable. What's he talking about there? He's
1: Well, he's hey. talking about that original message, which was received by Moses originally yeah. by the angels. That's the law that was given atop Sinai
0: yeah, to we, Moses. We can see that there's another passage, I think it's in Acts chapter 7, where Stephen says, you who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. The Jews believe that the law itself was given by angels. And yep. you can go back to the Old Testament and you'll pick up the hints that it truly was yep. spoken by angels and, and given to the Israelites. So he's saying in Hebrews that that message proved to be reliable. It was trustworthy. Yep. It was it was true. But now he's he's comparing that in verse 3. By saying, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, that's Jesus, and it was attested to us by those who heard, that is the apostles. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, distributing according to his will. So he's saying the word of of the Lord Jesus Christ and the apostles was the same as the angels. That's right. So, I mean, when we're reading our Bible, reading certain portions of our Bible, it is the word of angels. So right. how, how do you take
1: that in? <laughs> that, that's, yeah. that's right. And there's, there's no arguing with that at all. There's no, there's no bones in that <laughs> there's at no all. If, if that, someone yeah. were to contend that there would be bones in anything, you couldn't do that at the mouth of an angel. No. Um, certainly. So you mentioned the, the angels there as the ones who initially received the word from God, and then it was the angels who gave that word that they had received from God to Moses as well. And that's that's yeah. the whole context of Hebrews chapter 2 right there, what yeah. it was that was, was given by the mediation of angels. And when we come back to the book of Exodus, there's a wonderful passage which shows how it is that inspiration works. And we have to slow it down to read it, but it's one of the most powerful passages in scripture to speak about the inspiration of God and his words. And it also serves as a template for the rest of scripture as well, as we'll see. Right. Yeah. So in Exodus chapter 23, this is speaking the words of God himself, and he's talking about a particular angel that was to go ahead of the children of Israel in the pillar of fire and the cloud to bring them into the promised land. So in verse 20, God's speaking about this very special angel that was working with the people of Israel. He says, behold... I send an angel before you to guard you on the way and to bring you to the place that I have prepared. So all the way through the wilderness, they were to be guarded and kept by this angel of God's presence to bring them into the place that was prepared, which was the land of Canaan that had been promised to them. And so along the way, they were commanded to pay careful attention to him, it says in verse 21. That is the angel, yeah. This is the angel, exactly. And yeah. it's interesting. I mean, this is the angel, but it's also God himself, right. as we'll see. Pay careful attention to him and obey his voice. Do not rebel against him, for he will not pardon your transgression, for my name is in him. So the, mm. the very stamp of authority of God was invested in this angel that would bring them through the wilderness and command them laws, which weren't actually the laws of the angel at all. These laws are described in verse twenty-two. But if you carefully obey his voice and do all that I say, mm. then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries.
0: Notice how you emphasize the pronouns. There.
1: Yes. That's huge. This is not the angel speaking on his own behalf. Right. This is the angel speaking in the name of God and commanding on behalf of God. So if you listen well, to the It's angel, the
0: angel's voice.
1: Yes. Yep. But it's what God is saying. That's exactly right. Yeah. If you are careful, obey
0: his voice and do all that I say.
1: That's exactly right. God was, was manifesting himself through this angel, investing his authority in this angel who was commanding the very words of God himself. And well, that's were, the
0: word angel means, messenger. That's right? exactly yeah. right.
1: That's exactly right. So a very, very powerful verse there. And it's, it's powerful because it serves as a template, not just for how mm. it is that God would communicate with people through an angel, but also through those, through anybody who would receive his words.
0: So not just heavenly angels, but you're saying the prophets. That's this, exactly the template right. for the prophets as well.
1: Yep. So that first, that's why that so, uh, key verse in Hebrews is so important that you brought up. It talks first about angels yep. and then the prophets. And then finally, the Lord Jesus Christ himself um, received this message from God to deliver to men and women. It's, it's always been like that. So a great passage to make this link, to pick up this theme, is in Deuteronomy chapter 18. These are the words of God to Moses. He says, I will raise up for them, for the people of Israel, a prophet like you from among their brothers. And I will put my words in his mouth. I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him. Hmm. So it's it's the same idea there as the angel. This is this is not the uh, the heavenly, immortal, powerful angel, but this this actually has to do with a prophet who would be just like Moses, somebody who is raised up by God to speak His words on His behalf.
0: I noticed you emphasizing the pronouns there again. Yeah, it's, it's exactly like Exodus twenty-three isn't it? with I, the angel.
1: It's a, it's exactly the same. It's exactly right. And
0: he shall speak to them all that I command him.
1: Yep. Mm. And you've got the same thing there in verse 19 as well. Oh, look at this, yeah. Because he says, whosoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name. In my name. There's the echo, yeah. That's the the angel. That's exactly what it was that God said about the angel. My name is in him. And he says, I myself will require it of him. If there is somebody who wouldn't listen, what that simply means is that if there was somebody who would not listen to the words of this prophet or the word of the angel, God could... Could call him to account for that. We right. could hold him yeah. accountable. That's what you the judge word him for it. he'll yeah. judge him for it. That's right. exactly right. Th- that just shows how it was that when the angel spoke or when the prophet spoke, there could be no argument on behalf of the hearer. Well, there could be the argument, but there'd be no <laughs> there'd be no victory in the argument. <laughs> yeah, that you could say, Well, I'm gonna hear this part of it. And I'm not going to hear the other part of it. Right. That's not how inspiration works. No. That's never how it works in scripture. Right. As we're seeing all the way through. So So
0: we're seeing here by you comparing Exodus 23 verse 20 with Deuteronomy 18 verses 18 and 19, that the the way inspiration worked through the angel is the same way it worked through human messengers, the prophets. Yes. So if you're going to take the word of angels, you're going to take it the same way as you take the word of the prophets and vice versa.
1: Yep. That's what Hebrew says. That first verse that we open with.
0: We're seeing here the beginnings of God's words in the mouth of the prophet. This is about Moses, first of all, right? Because I will raise up for them a prophet like you. And it's interesting when you go back to Exodus chapter four, because Moses was somebody who says, "You know, I I can't speak. I can't talk. I'm not eloquent." And it's in Exodus chapter four, and verse twelve. And God says to him, "Now go forth. I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak." So Moses was this same prophet. He had that template, as mm-hmm. you were saying. Moses was still reluctant, and God kind of gets angry with him for being so reluctant to, to speak. And he said, "Okay, I'm going to give you Aaron your brother to speak on your behalf, but Aaron's going to be your prophet." I'm going to speak to you, Moses. And, and so it comes out in verse 15. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people, and he shall be your mouth, and you shall be as God to him. Right? So as Moses yeah. was supposed to be God, Aaron would be <laughs> Moses the prophet. It's kind of interesting the way, but you you see the principle come out there that... God was teaching the prophets what to say yeah. it wasn't of them themselves absolutely there's all sorts of examples like this let's just shoot through some of them yes <laughs> some of the highlights
1: yep so a really powerful one is in second samuel chapter twenty three mm, this is about david then this is about david and in second samuel chapter twenty three he makes a he makes a very um a very bold claim mm. Tim I don't think that you could say this in verse two no I'm sure I'm certain I could not say this that's not how inspiration works I mean we we have been given the, the word of God which God has inspired to be written and we're reading that now and we can understand it but we cannot say that whatever we say has been inspired by God right in verse 2 David says that these things were given to him by God to speak specifically. So in verse 2, the Spirit of the Lord speaks by me. His word is on my tongue. The God of Israel has spoken. The rock of Israel has said to me, when one rules justly over men, ruling in the fear of God, he dawns on them like the morning light. So he's, he's beginning his message here, This um, one of the last Psalms that David wrote. And he describes it by saying that the Spirit of the Lord speaks by me. His word is on my tongue. That's bold. That is a bold claim to make. Like these were not David's musings and the results of all of his philosophizing of his life. This is the word of God, the message of God coming upon him to speak. That's not just what David said because the Lord Jesus himself in Mark chapter 12 at verse 36 says that David himself in the Holy Spirit spoken this way. It's exactly what David says here. The spirit of the Lord speaks by me.
0: Right. Yeah. So even Jesus understood that when he was reading the Psalms, he was reading what David wrote, but he was reading what David wrote by the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Yeah. And so he confirms for us.
1: That's it. That's that's the the way
0: we should be reading the Bible. Right. As the spirit words of of God.
1: And, And that's not exclusive either to David or to the Lord Jesus Christ. But for those that Jesus sent into the world to preach... By the Holy Spirit, they taught the same thing. Acts chapter 4 speaks about that at verse 25. Who through the mouth of David, our father, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit. That's actually a prayer that the whole ecclesia in Jerusalem utters at the same time in Acts chapter 2.
0: They're actually quoting Psalm 2. Yeah, they're quoting a psalm,
1: which is what David had written. But although David had spoken it, these were the words of God. And that's why it's described as being spoken of by the Holy Spirit, by the power of God, by the influence of God.
0: That's interesting in the Acts one, because they say, who through the mouth of our father David. Like, God was speaking through Mm. him, just as we said in Hebrews. It's through the prophets. It's not of themselves, right? Yeah. I was thinking of Jeremiah as another great example. I mean, all of the prophets, there's so many great examples of this. But this one, I just... I couldn't pass up. He seems to associate with Moses in a lot of ways because he's very reluctant to speak. And it's the call of Jeremiah in chapter one, Jeremiah chapter one and verse six. Then I said, This is Jeremiah saying, Oh Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your
1: mouth. That sounds familiar.
0: Yeah. What does it sound familiar to that?
1: That's Deuteronomy 18.
0: Exactly. And so it has the imprint of a prophet like unto Moses from Deuteronomy 18. Whatever I command you, you shall speak, right? And God is putting the words in his mouth, he actually physically touches yep. Jeremiah's mouth just to get this message across. Mm-hmm. But then we see in verse 10, He says, see, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. So God is speaking through Jeremiah the very powerful words of the Lord that would be these great prophecies about the nations, about how God was going to destroy certain nations and raise others up and and all these kind of things. So it it wasn't Jeremiah's words, no, and it wasn't through his authority of power. This was God given. I mean, all these examples. It's interesting to think about how Jeremiah says, "I'm a young man. I can't speak," but God chose him. Moses was the same way. He was just uh, some refugee shepherd in the wilderness. Right. God chose David. He was a boy out in the fields taking care of uh, sheep as well. And God chooses the lowliness of men. You look at Amos and all these other prophets that just were nothing, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting how God works that way, right? He doesn't choose the Harvard graduate to, to give the wisdom that we need. He, he chooses the common things and he speaks through them, right? Yeah.
1: No, that's, that's, that's exactly right. And really, with that, you know, you mentioned Jeremiah's reluctance. And later on in the middle of the prophecy, I think it's right around chapter 20, he almost calls it quits. Yeah. He, he resolves to no longer speak in the name of God, he says. He's like, I, I, I can't do it anymore because it was bringing him nothing but trouble. Right. So when it came to so many of the prophets, they they suffered, They they did not. Um they were not held in high esteem by the people that they brought their message right. to, or which wasn't their message Is at that all. that the one God's where it
0: message. says it burned with the inside of him yeah. and he couldn't hold back. Anymore, he couldn't hold yeah. back. He yeah. had to. he, he had, had to, to speak, speak it, it.
1: Yeah. Because God had commanded him to do that. And yeah. that's
0: Yeah, you know, Jeremiah was one of those prophets though that he was he was running into a lot of uh, contention from false prophets. Yes. God speaks directly against the false prophets saying, I did not send them. I didn't put my words in their mouths. These are visions of their own mind, of their own thinking. So don't listen to them. And so there was at, at this time, and it was a warning back in Deuteronomy too, about false prophets. So it always wasn't so, so easy to, to see who was the right prophet. But the words of the prophets came true they were certain and if they were consistent with what has been spoken before right. you knew that was a prophet so that's why jeremiah really stands out because all his words came true
1: that, that's exactly right and that's so he's he's no false prophet and so the existence of people who claim to speak on behalf of god whether in 2019 or yeah. in jeremiah's day like in bc 600 or 550 or whenever jeremiah was writing right yeah. around that particular time there've been there's ever been false prophets yes Scripture speaks about a lot of them. And who would you say that one of the most famous false prophets of all uh, would be? Like when you think about Old Testament or really say, New Testament as well.
0: I'd say Balaam.
1: Balaam's a big one. <laughs> but he, he may be he may be the false prophet of false prophets. Yeah. I mean, we talked about him.
0: a template for false prophets. He probably said it. Right? Oh, absolutely.
1: He's the king of false prophets for sure. And we read about him in Numbers chapter 23. And Balaam, he loved getting stuff, gain. He did for (laughs) doing the wrong thing. He was totally happy as long as he got what he wanted. He'd tell you whatever he wanted to hear. And so he was actually hired by a king, by the king of Moab, whose name was Balak. And so in Numbers chapter 23, King Balak hires the prophet Balaam to curse the children of Israel because the children of Israel were coming up to go into the land He was getting really, really nervous. He sees this powerful nation coming through and he needs some help. He hires Balaam to come and put a curse upon them. And so Balaam tries to do just that. And in verse 5 of Numbers chapter 23, God actually comes to Balaam and stops him from performing this curse. Verse 5 says, and the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak, and thus shall you speak. Hmm. And so he goes back, and he delivers to Balak this this pronouncement of ultimate blessing upon the children of Israel. Right, which is completely opposite. And Balak's like, "What are you doing? I've, I've hired you. I've given you all this stuff. I'll give <laughs> it, you anything you want. What do you really want?" Funny. Yeah. And this, this happens a few times, as a matter of fact. And then when we come down finally to uh, verse 11, Balak says to Balaam, what have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies and behold, you've done nothing but bless them. And then we get this very insightful comment about inspiration and about how the spirit of God acts upon those who he puts the spirit upon. Yeah. And he answered and said, this is Balaam answering Balak, the king. Must I not take care to speak what the Lord puts in my mouth? And that's how it worked for him. So even even in in a situation where somebody did not want to speak the words of yeah. God, there there this is a particular time where the word of God overrides what it was that this particular prophet wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. So fascinating. Story.
0: That's yeah, that's a really interesting example. These have been all Old Testament ones. The case is the same in the New Testament. Let me pick up Paul, who wrote many epistles in the New Testament. And there's a couple of verses, but I think we only have time for one. And the one I would choose is from First Thessalonians, chapter two and verse thirteen. And the Thessalonians were special to Paul in the very beginning of his ministry, and he has this reflection on them in First Thessalonians chapter two and verse thirteen. He says, "We also thank God constantly for this, that when you receive the word of God." Which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is the word of God, which is at work in you believers. So you can think that's something that rejoiced Paul so much was that he was speaking to them and they were receiving it, not as his words, but as God's words, because he was an apostle sent by the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was given the Holy Spirit to speak the words of God. So we have to receive it in the, in the same way right. to have it work inside of us, as he says there in verse 13.
1: And he received no material gain no, for that. Like he I was, mean, <laughs> he he, suffered. Received, he
0: received persecution most of the time right. for what he was doing. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's go on to the final and, and best example yes be the lord jesus christ absolutely
1: trying to narrow down some of the verses here we decided to just ask everyone to read the gospel of john chapters (laughs) 3 and 12 and 17. but we're going to start with chapter 3 because in john chapter 3 there's a wonderful passage about how it was that the son received the word that theme verse in hebrews oh yeah Really brings us here as well. We've talked about the angels. We've talked about the prophets. And now for Jesus Christ himself, he received the words from God to speak as well. Verse 34 of John chapter 3, it says, For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the spirit without measure. So Mm. there it is right there. God has given the Son words to utter because he's poured out his spirit upon him. Just like it says of David, the spirit of God spake by me. His words were in my tongue. This is actually spoken about by John the Baptist. He's speaking about Jesus. And God has sent him. His words are in him. The spirit has not been measured out. For everybody else who had received the word, all these other prophets that have come before who spoke the words of God, they received it according to a certain measure that God would meet it out. But for Jesus, it was absolute fullness. And you think this is probably the best verse in John chapter 12, the best two verses that tie these ideas together. Jesus is actually quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 18 in John chapter 12. And he's saying, remember that prophet that Moses was speaking about? Right. And... Jeremiah fits the bill to a certain point as well, but ultimately we're talking that this is the Lord Jesus Christ right here in Deuteronomy 18. And Jesus says that himself beginning in verse 49. He says, for I have not spoken on my own authority, but the father who sent me has given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And so very clearly... Jesus is saying, look, if you don't like hearing what you're hearing right now, if you don't like this light that I'm trying to bring into a dark world, these are my father's words. Yeah. And you have to hear them. Right. You have to receive them. Yeah. Because he hadn't spoken of himself, Jesus, all the way through the gospel of John. It says that this is a message from my God. My father is greater than me. He's right. greater than all. And he's yeah. given this these things It's important to, to emphasize
0: that first part. I have not spoken on my own authority. That's right.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very powerful verse.
0: Those types of verses are all throughout the Gospel of John, throughout the Scripture about what Jesus Christ was saying about his message, Mm -hmm. that it was inspired from God as well. So, Those are all the examples that we have, but there's just tons more. Mm -hmm. But when we look at how the Scripture is consistent about how God put his words in the mouth of the prophets, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the apostles— they didn't originate this message by themselves, and just to kind of summarize this, we really have to go to Second Peter chapter one. This is another very key verse on this topic. It's in Second Peter chapter one and verse twenty and twenty-one. I was looking at this, and sometimes I read this, and I I have to read it read it again to get it to make sense. But I found the Net Bible is really interesting in this case. It's a little bit of a paraphrase, but as they, they do, they have a lot of notes in the margin explaining why, why they translate it this way. But let me just read it to you in the Net version. It says, above all, you do well if you recognize this. So you see, first of all, that emphasis that above all, yes. you got to recognize this. He says, no prophecy of scripture ever comes about by the prophet's own imagination. For no prophecy was ever born of human impulse. Rather, men carried along by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Really just says it very plainly. It wasn't from themselves. Right. The Net Bible here has... Men were carried along, or they were borne along, as if they're in a boat and the the wind is pushing the sail, right? So they're yeah. they're there, you know, and yep. that's them, but they're being moved in this direction to, to say these things that they wouldn't normally normally say,
1: right. right? And wouldn't understand necessarily too, right?
0: And he ties it in here with scripture because he's saying. No prophecy of scripture, the written word. Right. Right. So what they spoke was written down. Right. And it's what we're supposed to receive as the word of God.
1: That's a whole nother podcast, isn't it? Yeah. We're going the to talk about word. the written word yeah, right. in the next one. There's another verse in Peter which we, we won't look up, but it's in chapter one that talks about how the prophets who were prophesying these things did not understand what they're prophesying in many cases. And probably the preeminent example of a prophet who weeps at not understanding his own message that he was given by an angel yeah. is Daniel himself. Right. Yeah. And God, he was told of God to seal up the words of the prophecy yeah. and they'll be revealed at a different time.
0: Yeah, if these prophecies were of themselves or their own thinking, they wouldn't question it, no, would they? No. Yeah. So it's just another emphasis on how it really came from God. It right. wasn't from men.
1: Yeah. And we don't yeah. have to understand exactly how it is that this works.
0: <laughs> yeah. They probably didn't understand exactly how it worked either. No. Like when they were inspired. So, <laughs> Exa-
1: There's lots of things that we use. I mean, just as a practical example in day-to-day life that we might not be able to say, oh, I know exactly how it is that my computer that I open up at the beginning of every day works yeah. exactly. But we know that it works. And uh, that's just a very rudimentary example of we can understand that things work. They're presented to us but we might not know the mechanics behind them, and that's that's just fine.
0: Right. Going back to the story I started with, a fellow who thought that a Bible was like you know, fish, that you can eat the meat and, and pick out the bones, I think we see here that we have to be very careful with that kind of attitude, because as we saw in Deuteronomy, if you're not going to listen to the words of the prophets, then it will be required of you. Right. And so we could be very much in the same position as The Jews during Jesus' day because they didn't like the things that Jesus was saying either. Mm -hmm. And if we run across passages of Scripture saying, I don't like that because, you know, this is the way I was raised or this Mm -hmm. is the culture I'm in, the society doesn't like this, therefore I don't like it. Right. We have to be very careful because we could be in the same place of rejecting the prophets, which is rejecting the word of God. But that's that's the way it is throughout the Bible and the examples that are given to us. Yeah. We're realizing that there are some hard sayings in Scripture Yes. that I personally struggle with parts of Scripture. Oh, absolutely. If you're patient and you're seeking for answers and you're praying for it, Mm -hmm. God will give you those answers. Yeah. And it's uh, it's amazing how certain Scriptures that you didn't really understand just kind of open up and and become a lot more clarified, right? Oh,
1: there's... That's that's how it works, and we're yeah. encouraged to understand that that's how it works when it comes to our understanding of what the Bible says. But these, <laughs> because it comes from God, it's not natural to right. us in that sense.
0: His thoughts are higher than They're our higher. thoughts. higher. That's from Isaiah. Yeah.
1: yeah, and that's so. If we struggle with them, that is, that's okay. It's yeah. just not. It's not okay to say, okay, because I struggle with them, therefore it must not be true. Right. And I, I think the disciples. Who were preaching the gospel are a wonderful example of that, uh, of struggling with the word of God and what it meant, and yet not
0: not leaving or not not that's the yeah, way just to say sticking it. with not it because they, they they could see that there was something there. That's exactly yeah, like right. They they, need, they needed to stick with it, right?
1: You know, one of the, one of the most difficult teachings that Jesus ever gave was in a when a synagogue at Capernaum, mm. and he said some things. In that synagogue that were very, very difficult for the Jews to hear. Yeah. He said that you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Mm. Yeah. And looking back, we, we look at that and say, that was an expression that spoke about Jesus' upcoming sacrifice. Right. Which nobody understood. Even the disciples didn't understand that. And yet they still stuck with him after that. And Jesus challenges them at the very end of that because many of the other disciples not of the 12 at that point but many of the other disciples left him it says in verse 66 after this many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him because his thoughts were were too high for them he was speaking over their heads and so jesus said to the 12 do you want to go away as well and then simon peter answers him and he says lord to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Mm-hmm. And he didn't understand everything that Jesus no. was saying at that point. It's a beautiful faith. It's, and... Oh, it, it is. And it, it's an immature faith at that particular point. And that was okay for the time. But it was a faith that had to grow. And if we trust in those things that we know to be true already in the word, and we believe with that kind of childlike faith, God will grow our faith if we ask him to do that. Mm-hmm. The disciples were the first ones of all people. Uh, to learn that very fact
0: so learn that lesson from Peter when we read the Bible everything is the words of eternal life right so that's good that wraps up the first podcast on the spoken word of God and in the next one we're going to talk about the written word of God the scriptures and how that's inspired and how it's uh, come down through the ages and everything is the the word of God that we read
1: that's a great great topic
0: okay thank you Jay thank you see you later Jay and I hope that this podcast has been a blessing to you. We're so glad that you've taken the time to focus on God and His Word and pray that you'll continue with us. If you really like the show, then you can help us out big time by rating us. By giving us five shiny stars and a glowing review, it will help others to find us. Seriously, Apple and Google use them to boost placement in their searches. In the Apple Podcast app, just scroll down on the show, to get to the ratings and review section and tap that fifth star. It only takes a minute, it's easy, and it works. Essential Bible Studies is brought to you by the book road Christadelphian Ecclesia on the outskirts of a lovely place we call Ancaster, Ontario, Canada. Until next time, my dear friends, may God help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen.